welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, welcome everyone to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. It's powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the next game or you're planning on what you're going to do once these lockdowns uh, are all lifted, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan and I'm joined by my usual co-hosts in Mark Ellison and and Shannon Donato, and we've got a couple of special guests which we'll introduce in just a moment. But how are you this morning, gentlemen? Very good. The uh, rose amongst the thorns here, but that's okay. We'll cope with that. <laughs> Hello, buzzing, mate. Mate. absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Hello's head come up on the screen, and I saw I saw three chins there. I didn't think anything was different, but then I realised he was with two friends. So, what are your best? Hello. <laughs> Well, we may as well uh, introduce those two friends that Ello has up there in the hub and we'll give them their special play on music. Two of the mighty Rabbitohs finest players, two of the blokes that are looking for 2021 Premiership glory this year. Please welcome Adam Reynolds and Josh Mansour. (laughs) How are you this morning, gents? And that'll do, Jess. How are you today, gentlemen? Yeah, good, thank you. Obviously, um, good win on the weekend and uh, a couple of days off this week, so good to just relax and uh, enjoy the sunshine up here. Very good. And what about you, Saucy? Yeah, buzzing, mate. Uh, it's always good to get a win on the old teammate. So, um, yeah, I was wrapped for the boys. I felt like I was out there with them, so yeah, it was awesome um, to start cheering them on. It was just an amazing win the other night, and Shannon, you're a former Panther as well. It uh, must have been a, a good win for you too, getting one over the old old uh, team. Absolutely, Jez, and good morning, my follicly challenged friend. It's good to see you as well. <laughs> um, it, it, it was. The Panthers are a very good side, and um, this year, we've, that's the third time we've played them, but by far the best we've played, and... Uh, Massive confidence boost for the boys. It was uh, fantastic, and I think we're we're right in this competition. We've always felt that way, but you know, uh, the week off certainly will make a massive difference. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into our first topic. Something that you've learned this week, and we'll start with you, Hello, What have you learned this week? I just well, uh, what's always been spoken about sport, whatever sport it is, that you know, it's never impossible. You know, it was. Real try for the will of our boys on the weekend. Uh, uh, in, internally last week, just being around the boys and, and you know training and that, you know, we had a confidence like what else in the rugby league world had. And but it was just the probably you know only the four were up here with us, you know, um, as. The effort the boys put out on the field and the way they just played for each other, they they played as a group how they get on as a group. And there's a connection here is, fa- is fantastic between the boys and uh, and it showed out on the field, they counted. And 
obviously got to give Wayne a rap for that too. He's, he's, he's timed the run, you know, to perfection. But the big thing is now, you know, we've got the weekend off this week, um, obviously, but the focus is on the next game. I know the old cliche, but that's all it's on because we can't look any further. We can't we don't even know who we're playing yet, so that doesn't matter to us yet. Our training this week's about just getting what we need to get right. And, um, you know, these boys can expand on that. They know what's going on and, uh, you know, we're in a good place. Yeah, well, Saucy, we'll go to you. What's something you've learnt this week? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Hello took my answer, but um, <laughs> just come with the back of him, yeah. But everything, everything usually usually Ello's taking Shannon's weekend. answers. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing I learned was just self-belief, mate. It's, uh, it's, it's really important. Because, you know, everything in the papers was run, you know, writing about, like, missing Latrell and we had no hope. All the punters weren't giving us a chance. And, then, um, you know, the boys were training the house that last week. I touched on it. Our connection was just unbelievable. Confidence was really high. and. You know, we really believed that we could beat this side. Um, and the weekend, you know, we stuck to our game plan. And um, the biggest thing I took out of that game was we really worked for each other and worked extremely hard for each other. And, um, yeah, there's something really special with this group of boys. And I feel like we can do something special together mm. all this time. But, again, it's focus on um, the job next week and whether we play and we'll go from there. Beautiful. Reno, what did you learn this week? You wouldn't believe it, mate. <laughs> my, my answer, so. No, um, I'm with my uh, my answer today. My mate here, I've spent a lot of time with over the years. Um, probably haven't been so close with him since. It's obviously spending bits of time together in, in Queensland. He's a bit of a fashionista. He, um, if you could stand. Show everyone these these beautiful designer shorts. Wow. Oh, he's gone to the local curtain shop. <laughs> found a found a curtain on his shorts himself. So it's got a bit of an old hello. Now Jeremy, I told you I didn't want this one. <laughs> he's really you taken to the Gold Coast theme. <laughs> You've really taken to the Gold Coast theme with those shorts. Hello, I'm I'm not so much impressed by your shorts. I'm impressed you're able to stand up. Congratulations, mate. Well done. <laughs> That's a bit rich, Shannon. <laughs> mate, seriously, those shorts, they look like bloody Ken Dane thrown up all over you. Where did you get them from? <laughs> At Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jez, you normally support me, mate. Come on. I'm not. That's not being unsupportive. No, well, I tell you what, I tell you, you take it up with Raylene because she bought them for me, okay? Oh, so that'll slow you down. That'll slow you down. <laughs> you know, I was kidding. I really like them shorts. <laughs> Do they make them in men's yellow? Oh, the old faithful. <laughs> <laughs> We made a pact to leave each other alone today, Shannon, but I've seen you broken that, so it's game on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back on track. What have you learnt this week, Shannon, apart from Mello's fashion sense? Well, I just – I don't want to leave Mello for, for now because it's one of the things he didn't – I thought he was going to say about how he learned up until – so last week, LA thought there were only 25 letters in the alphabet. I hope they said him right, and uh, he still can't understand why. But anyway, well, 
<laughs> what I learned this week, and I've always known it's invaluable uh, for the finals, but the week off, um, it's going to be even more so this year, given that, you know, Manly and the Roosters, they're going to have to fly up to Mackay, play in the heat. Storm are playing a day game uh, now as well, and they're going to be playing in the heat on a really rock-hard surface. As we all know, they're flying up and back in the day uh, to minimise the risk. They're going to get back at two in the morning. So that that extra game, not only is it brutal playing each other, but the conditions are brutal now. And so this week, this year more than ever, that week off is invaluable to us. And we haven't had that in the last few years. And I think it's a it's a massive advantage for us going into the, the grand final qualifier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the thing that I've learned this week is don't take on Wayne in the media. <laughs> <laughs> he had a week's holiday. Ivan Cleary had a week. Sorry, Wayne had a week's holiday inside Ivan Cleary's head this week. He I've learned a lot from it. Like I've been doing this job for a long time now, but I tell you what, over the last three years, I've learned a lot from Wayne about how to handle the media and uh, how to take advantage of certain situations. And he, he certainly did that So <laughs> last week. So I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks and seeing how he handles uh, the media attention there as well. Right. Well, let's move on to our first top four topic of the morning, and it's going to surround our two guests this morning. It's the top four of Renault and Source. And gentlemen, tell us four things that our members and supporters may not know about you. I can tell you something about Source. Oh, no this one. will be good. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I might leave the room, uh, Jez. I think I'm going <laughs> to... Don't tell us, Renault. He's had him burnt off. He's had that burnt off. <laughs> back, on, back on dress sense and fashion. <laughs> Josh Mann saw my matey back in, what, 2010? Mate, you're telling the story. 2010, <laughs> He had a trend of being an emo. Huh. And he, had emo. The, he had the hair over one side of the face. He had the earrings. I think he dyed his hair jet black, but he was outstanding. Mate, it wasn't just. I didn't dye my hair jet black. It was my natural hair color, mate. A couple of greys in there that he, uh, uh, he brushed over. I'll admit, I went, I went through a bit of a Dennis Rodman phase. I had, yeah, I did have a bit of a fringe, a bit of a, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was very, very confused at that at that age, but um. I had good mates like Renault and um, the rest of the boys kind of give me shit every time every time we're at training. So that was always good fun. He was probably one of the reasons you were confused. I had him, mate. This is what I went up. I think I straightened him up. It would look like Eddie Munster, wouldn't he, as an emo? <laughs> <laughs> that makes LA cousin it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And don't you laugh, Jez, your Uncle Fester. Well, I was going to say, all of this coming from Eddie. <laughs> I was going to say, Shannon, you part your ear on the side for a second. <laughs> yeah, both of them. <laughs> Saucy, are you going to fire back? Tell us something about Renault that uh, our members and supporters may not know. Oh, mate, I wish I, <laughs> I, wish I had something for you, honestly, but... um. You know, usual radar, everyone knows how much of a bloody pest he is, clearly. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't have a story for you at the moment that's really um, kind of PG rated. So I'll just right. keep, I'll keep, I'll keep it in the house. Um, but mate, yeah, just, yeah, he's a constant pest. I think he's changed since I've been here. Uh, when, I was, when I was here, I played 20s, but 
Um, I've got to say, it's good to be back with the old guy and um, uh, it's good to be playing footy with him and at a first grade level. So, um, yeah, he's actually he's actually calmed down a lot since the 20 days, put it that way. Yeah, you're saying that, but nothing's changed since... Matured. Nothing's changed since... A little bit. He hasn't matured. That's what I was going to say. He hasn't matured. Not much. Not much. I've got one on Rene. I've got one on Rene. So when he first uh, made the grade and signed his first million dollar contract at the club and got his uh, got his car in his in his contract, I think he had a couple of kids or maybe even three kids on board at the time. And the, he's rocked up at training with his sponsor car and it's a ute. And I said, mate, what are you doing with a ute? You've got three kids on board. He said, because I'm smart, Jezza. Another thing. Another thing people may not know about Renault, he's sponsored by Nike. You can't tell. <laughs> Oh, nice plug, Jess. I've never <laughs> seen him in anything but Nike or Rabbitohs gear. That's all I've ever seen him in. Yeah, have you got your sponsor's gear on? Gallo's pies today? Or... <laughs> I thought, well, actually, I thought that, that Renee's shirt, I thought he'd been on holiday somewhere in the Middle East. That's where I thought that shirt was coming from. But... <laughs> Oh, very good. Right, let's get this back on track. Can you explain that to Hello for me? Yeah. <laughs> now, he listen. He geography teacher. Righto. Let's get this right, back on track. I'm sponsored this. Hack it, Actually, Renato. It's not just the haircut that indicates that. <laughs> Righto. Let's talk a little bit about um, your careers. You, you mentioned there 2010, Renato, and you two played in the 2010 under-20s grand final together against the, the New Zealand Warriors. So it's been over a decade that that you guys have, have known each other, but there was that big gap in the middle where you didn't get to play together, but now you're back together here at the Rabbitohs. It's a bit of a full circle in your careers. Yeah, I needed that, bro. Mate, it was, it was a pest and punishment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Likewise, mate. And now this bloke next to me has gotten rid of me. Very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly, I was going to take his job in two years, but that's why I got rid of you. Don't worry, Rita, it'll still be waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was obviously good times. There's obviously uh, had a bit of success in the under 20s. Um, good times. Good times, yeah. The, the year was fun, obviously. We're getting closer to grade, and um, the excitement levels were around the group there. and Obviously, when he, he departed, I was, I was a bit savvy, mate, was leaving. Obviously, couldn't put any more dirt on him than I was doing at the time. So, um, no, definitely kept in touch over the years. That we've, we've always kept in touch and uh, had a friendship throughout and uh, obviously grateful to get him back and, and now I'm pissing off. So, good time. <laughs> it's a pretty good team you had back then. I'm trying to move Shannon as well, but he doesn't know. <laughs> I hope you're going to fall with Dello. <laughs> I've been trying to get up out of this chair for about two weeks. <laughs> now, just go back. You had a really good team back then, though. Who, who were some of the other boys that come on and play there? Play over the Rabbitohs, yeah. Nathan Peets, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kane Morgan, was Jimmy, one. Jimmy the Jerk. Jimmy the Jerk. Jimmy, he was only 17 at the time. Yep, yep. 
Clarky um, come through there. Was he? You're older than us, but yeah. obviously we oh, yeah. played the year before with him. Yeah. Um, I've played a couple of great Jim games. Wise, great games. Yeah, yeah. Josh Starling was one. We yeah, played. Starling, yeah. Um, yeah, we had about six or seven first graders come yeah, out of yeah. that team. So yeah. Really good um, path we had, and obviously the processes that our coaches and whatnot put in place. It's all leading factors to why we are where we are today. David Kibble was the coach back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kitty, uh, very passionate. He's a good coach. Very passionate man. Um, him and Benny Gardner had a good working relationship together, and um, yeah, obviously had a, a pretty enjoyable season. It was probably one of my funnest to date, and um, yeah, still got a lot of great memories from that, especially on the Mad Monday. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you want to touch on that? No, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that for the, uh, the show. It goes to Lear after nine pm at the night. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you scored a joy. <laughs> Let me just say that yeah, the, the carpet matched the run. It worked for me. It, it could have been, it worked for me. It could have been a bit of a comb over down there. I was going to say, was there a down there as well? Oh. <laughs> Saucy, what about your journey, mate? You mentioned there that um, that you moved over to the Panthers and, and now you found your way home at uh, talk to us about that journey and what you learn at the Panthers and then the feeling of coming home to the Rabbitohs. Yeah, when I went to the Panthers, so pretty tight-knit community out there. Um, they they love their rugby league. Uh, at the time, Penrith was kind of a uh, building. It was a, re- a massive rebuild phase. Gus Gould come in. Uh, Ivan Cruz first year as well. So, um, And I think it was it was perfect, perfectly suited for myself. I just wanted to kind of kickstart my career and try to um, make my inner world and I was fortunate enough to make my debut against the Northern Storm, and I think it was years. So, um, yeah, I was I was really grateful. Um, I was able to, you know, get a test jumper. I played out there as well. Um, play and, um, and I was extremely grateful for the opportunity and um, to be back at this club. I've always had this emotional connection with the club. Um, I was always grateful to be on the 20s career here, and I made a lot of good friends coming out of the system here. And, um, to, yeah, to come back to this club, mate, was, uh, was really special and um, something I was uh, really grateful for. So, um, I, I remember everything just happened so fast. Uh, when, when I got told I was, uh, I was not going to be part of the plans at, out of Penrith, um, my first, the first um, club in my mind was come to South, and um, it was a bit of a slow burn, but I ended up working out in the end. And um, yeah, mate, really excited. I was really excited. Oh, very good. And it's good to see that Ello spent the cap money on you and not on Renault. So. <laughs> Oh, Renault Ren- Ren- Ren likes to remind me every day, don't worry. Still waiting for the shout of coffee. No. <laughs> Josh, you mentioned um, you mentioned it was a bit of a slow burn coming back and um, we were always keen to get you back and apologies for the delay on that, but LA couldn't get reception in the Chinese restaurant that we're trying to, <laughs> trying to get him on the phone, so apologies for that, mate. Uh, oh, but it all worked out in it all worked out, so, mate, can't complain. I can't complain. Now, you mentioned earlier, Saucy, about Renault being a pest, and two of his prime targets are sitting right next to him here today. Was it a, a hindrance to you coming back, or was it something that attracted to you coming back and reconnecting with your little mate? Uh, definitely attracted me to come back, no, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, 
you know, as, as annoying as he is, mate, he's, um, he's a great leader of the club. Um, I'll give him a wrap now. So, thanks. Yeah. No, all good. Um, Can I just jump in there? <laughs> talk about I went, as you always do, you talk to the leaders of the club about bringing players back. Red, I said, oh, you're not bringing sauce back, are you? You're kidding me, are you? <laughs> true, eh? I actually had rumors on the Tuesday that he was, he was leaving Paris and I uh, had a couple of calls from sauce. Screen the couple of calls from me was <laughs> let him sit for a couple of days. No, I don't, I don't I'll tell much, you what happened. I don't know how much he sweats in the situation. So. I, I, I met up with Velo, so I signed a contract, and I had this buffet calling me non stop. And I could, I was sworn to secrecy, couldn't say anything. He's like, mate, I know, I know you're coming. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I can't lie as it is, but um, no, I, had him, I had him convinced, I think. Nah, he, he lied. I got told by the boys, LA. <laughs> and, uh, I tried to ring him up and you know say congratulations and whatnot. And, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I said, mate, they've told me just cats out of the bag. Congratulations. See you on Monday. And, uh, I didn't even speak to Wayne when I signed. That's a that's and I ended up catching up with the boys. I think the following Wednesday for dinner, and that was the first time I met Wayne. Yeah, I spoke sure. to him. He was crossing the road, and I was like, oh, "Hey, Wayne, mate, how's it going?" I was, yeah, a little, like a little schoolboy. I didn't, I didn't know how to react with him, but um, and, I did, and I ended up sitting next to him at dinner, to, uh, dinner too. So yeah, wasn't, wasn't getting much out of me that night. Played nervous. <laughs> Jeez, that would have been a great conversation if you were oh. talking and you're sitting next to Wayne. It would have been like a Marcel Marceau concert, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, dude, there's only one person worse you would be sitting next to was Shannon. You'd have got no. <laughs> If he had you on the other side, Ella, it would have been like those Suzu trucks, not so squeezy. <laughs> not so squeezy. Hello, <laughs> uh, sorry, Reno. I'm interested in, we mentioned these two are your targets. What do you look for in a target? Is there something, little chink in the armour that you look for? I remember the, the hell you used to give young Kurt Dillon with that song Bloke on, on Instagram. Is there something you look for? You can see the fear in their eyes, Jess. <laughs> you can just smell it, you know. They, they, reek of, they reek of fear. And um, when you sense an opportunity, mate, you just take it sometimes. And um, I've certainly enjoyed the uh, punishment of these two over the last 10, 15 years. So. Last guys always finish last, Jess. That's yeah. the only reason he picks on us. <laughs> I like that. That's a good comeback. <laughs> you got to tell. You got to tell everyone the story. That oh, you tell it. No, no. You you got to tell them, mate. Oh, grand final week. It's been known before. Um, 2014. We're in the. Wasn't captain's run, was it? it was, no, it was a, the fan training session. Fan training day. So there's the Pat Redfern over 15. No, not 15,000. That's only good. Well, it'd have been five here. Man, I'm telling the story. Listen, went there, man. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just, LA, just like Trudeau's contract, he's always, he triples it. Spot on, mate. Far from the truth there, Shane. <laughs> you know, Renault, I just wanted to touch on that. Before you get into your story, I spoke to my mate, my counterpart at the Broncos, Dan Glass, and he heard, you know, you're such a pest and you're giving everybody a headache. And he said it was a third party with Penadol that actually made it happen because he <laughs> heard you give Penadol a headache to that punishment. <laughs> Funny, so uh, you'd give Dory the shit, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. <laughs> in, please. My show. I've taught him well, Jess. <laughs> Anyways, before you sort that milk again, we're doing a warm up. Probably five, 
10 minutes into the session, Yellow's addressing the crowd and we're doing a big run around the field, getting the groups and all that sort of stuff. And we're sort of coming around the back of the um, the goalpost there. So we're about 30, 40 metres away from Ello and um, juggling balls, kicking balls, um, all that sort of stuff. And as we're going to get a, a break to get to the water, I've said to one of the boys, can't remember who it was, it might have been Sutter, I said, you reckon I can hit Ello from here? And he's addressing the crowd with the microphone. <laughs> nice and proud, shoulders back, standing tall. Um, so I've, I've kicked the ball, lobbed it straight. And I've, I've said to one of the boys in mid-flight, it was in slow motion. I said, this is going to hit him. <laughs> Anyways, carried a bit further than I expected. And it's gone him straight in the back of the head. He's holding the microphone. <laughs> He swallowed the microphone in front of 5,000 people. One of the best days of my life. Mine too. The funny thing was, I didn't see it come, but I knew who kicked it. Renato, <laughs> <laughs> just to ask about that kick, we, we've got the qualifying final coming up. Um, just in regards to that kick, were you, were you inside the 40? <laughs> I was inside the 20, mate. I kicked the 24. First ever. First ever. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, that's a good story. And Saucy, you've, uh, you're setting yourself up for post-footy as well with your company, Renault Cell. Is there any truth to the rumour you've named it after, Adam? That's true. Mate, he likes to think that. He likes that. It's so true. I might have to get him as an ambassador. I mean, you never know. But, um, yeah, mate, got my, got my business on the side going. Uh, I think I will, actually. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, during obviously COVID as well. We've kind of you know had a bit of um, bit of obstacles a- a- along the way, but mate, we're getting through it. And, uh, it's yeah, it's been going really well. So um, I've actually renovated a uh, uh, Latrell's house. I'm still waiting for my money, but that's all right. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, mate, it's going really well. Going really well. If we uh, if we win the comp and there's a there might be some post match celebrations that might get renovated again. My bloody oath. I'm, I'm wishing for my here. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Very good. Well, what, source, source, can I ask a question? Um, why do they call you Source? Where did, where did that come from? Right here. It's a bit uh, X-ray, mate. X-ray, mate. Uh, it's a bit of a, yeah. For the nighttime viewers, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> I want to know why your nickname's Chickens. Uh, same story, Jez. We'll have to keep that for another, another episode. <laughs> well, let me just just let me put everybody in these. There's no there's no bestiality involved, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't waste your time on that when you. <laughs> Uh, now, gentlemen, what are you two most looking forward to over the next few weeks? Obviously, a big game next weekend and, and possibly an even bigger one the week after. But um, both in two different positions, Saucy coming back from uh, from an injury and, and Renault, the time at the club coming to a close. What are you both looking forward to most over the next few weeks? Yeah, like you said, obviously, the, the opportunity to play in the grand final. Um, we've got a big two weeks in front of us. Obviously, we've got to prepare well first and... And foremost, and um, from there, we give ourselves the best chance possible to, to do something great. We obviously <coughs> had a pretty good season and, um, you know, gave ourselves a chance 
come semi-finals to uh, to get that week off. And we've got that now, so we've obviously got to make the most of the opportunities. Geez, that's an unusually sensible <laughs> comment for this podcast. <laughs> and spending time with Ben Hornby in the sauna. We get nice and sweaty man. <laughs> our computer guy, he's, uh, he jumps in there too with us. So, he gets um, sunburn in the sauna, away. Leroy. Shout out to them too. Yeah, he's Red very, he's very hairy and sweaty in there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, if Ella jumped in the sauna, he'd come out like a piece of crackling. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fit in there, mate. They, <laughs> haven't got enough stuff to base me in. <laughs> <laughs> big paint roller basing you with a big paint roller. Uh, <laughs> we might get you on a spit. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Another one for the after 9pm viewers. <laughs> what about you, Saucy? What are you looking forward to over the next few weeks? Mate, uh, pretty much the same as Rena. We're really looking forward to the game next week. Uh, this week, I think we've got a bit of a team activity planned as well. Uh, on Friday, we've got a gel blasting. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. So it's similar to paintball. So I'm looking forward to unleash carnage on this bloke right here. Um, <laughs> a lot of years of pain. But, um, like, yeah, so just pretty much been together and I think I really want to, um, yeah, I just want to really train hard, get back on the paddock with the boys. Uh, things have been going, going really well in rehab, so uh, mate, yeah, I'm shooting in the right direction and I uh, hope I can be available for selection next week and um, yeah, we'll see, we'll go from there. That's, that's a good point Saucy just made there. This time of year, like his, his recovery is what I spoke to the physios, his recovery is spot on and because of the work he's put into it, obviously. But I mean, all the boys in the squad that aren't playing at the moment, uh, their performances at training and obviously just being the opposition at training for us to work on stuff, you've got to give them a massive rap. And the way they played a couple of weeks ago, those boys against the Dragons, it just showed what's what's happening in this place at the moment. So, you know, just a, a shout out to those guys as well who, who aren't at the forefront in the 17 each week, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes with everyone up here. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, we'll we'll wind it up there, I think, for the, the top four of Renault and Source. Enjoy the rest of your day off. Thank you for taking the time out this morning on your day off to have a chat with us all. It's been uh, a lot of fun and hope you hit them well on the golf course this afternoon. Oh, this guy hit them well. He's a tin man. See how stiff he is? <laughs> Funny you talk about that back on Source's thing, mate. It's the first time he's had a shirt on his whole life. <laughs> I think he was lying about his answer. I think he'd be spending time across the road, which is about 50 metres to the sand, the ocean, um, <laughs> lathered in baby oil, like he has been doing for Tanny oil, weeks. mate, get it right. Tanny oil. I've got to say, I don't often agree with this bloke, but I think he's got it right this time. So let's make sure it's not olive oil. Hell, I'll start licking your back. <laughs> Do you know that from experience, Shannon? <laughs> Mate, he was rolling around in the sand, all the baby oil. He looked. You know, Ella, Ella was straight to the punch. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, oh, very good. Well, I thank you. I just got. <laughs> You've got me. That's where he found his shorts. That's where he found his spray. Nice palm trees on the way to the, the beach there, so. The curtain shop. <laughs> it's not that funny, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks for taking the time out. We appreciate you uh, coming on the show and having a laugh with us. Cheers, fellas. Right, well. gents. Thank you. Thank we'll you head to you. our first break. We'll be back <laughs> after this very short break. Boys, you've got me bloody sweating. Oh, they're still going. They're very excited to hang around for our merchandise read, Shannon. Always stimulating, Jess. Always learn something. It's good to see Ellos there with all his mates now. Yeah, I know. I know there's none on the show with me. That's for sure. Right, let's get. They should have sent me the headphones up. You're kidding. Me. How many times do I have to ask? By the, by the time they get there with Australia Post, you'll be back home. It'll take a month to get up there. Oi, reserve us the penthouse at the Crown, mate. Just letting you know from now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Righto. <laughs> now, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store, it's currently closed due to the lockdowns here in Sydney, but you can shop online 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and they've got everything that you could hope for in the uh, online store. That is South Sydney. There's jerseys, polo shirts, T-shirts, hats, flags, anything you can think of, you can get it all there. So as we head into this back end of the season, it's time to stock up on your Rabbitohs gear. And Shannon, have we got any new gear in this week? We certainly have, Jez. We've restocked the, the finals T-shirts. And with it coming into summer down here, we'll all be able to proudly wear them across the off-season and, and rub everyone's nose in the fact that the Rabbitohs made a fourth final series in a row. And uh, so I encourage everybody to get online, have a look at those final shirts and, and wear them um, as we head into the grand final and, God willing, Premiership 22. Can, you, can I suggest you model two of them next week for a Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> I know one, one won't be enough, but so put two together, mate, and we'll get that on there. Mate, look, look, bring on the storm text. When are they coming, mate? <laughs> They're coming in time for winter again next year. As you know, you must then set have our Simons. I remind you every week that they sold out quickly and they'll be coming in time for winter next year. But for now, we're focused on the finals with the finals T-shirts coming in the summer. <laughs> Hello, you, you must know what the weather's like up there in Gold Coast and living the dream up there on the Gold Courses. And T-shirts for this time of year are perfect, and particularly to show your colours as we head towards uh, Premiership number 22. Jeez, doesn't, doesn't it feel good to know that that's actually a chance of happening? It's so good. Anyway, as we said, jump on online to the Rabbitohs shop at shop.rabbitohs.com.au. Now, our second topic of the morning is the top four most satisfying wins that you have been involved with. And when I was um, putting the run sheet together for the show and thinking about our topics, I thought of Josh Mansell because that must have been very satisfying for him, even though that he didn't play in the game. must have been very satisfying for him having recently left the Panthers to see the boys play the way that they did with the desperation in defence and everything was just spot on. It was precise and that must have been very satisfying for him. And I thought everyone's got those games that afterwards you just sit back and you go, how good was that? <laughs> so I thought we'd we'd go through a, a few of those. So uh, we might, uh, usually we go through all four of somebody's first up, but we might 
share the love around a bit at the uh, for this time. So, Shannon, give us uh, one of your most satisfying games. I'm happy to share, Jez, but I mean, if we go around one by one, how's LA going to say, uh, I stole all four of these? He's going to have to come up with his own material. Good luck, LA. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start with uh, 25. Read a channel, I'll just say it. <laughs> you got, you got, is, is Gab being right in your notes for you again? Or what? LA, I'm not ashamed of doing a bit of preparation. You should start no, no, with that chat. I'm glad. Thank God you do. <laughs> well, the, the, the game I'm going to quote, I'm sure lots of members found really satisfying against, and there's been plenty against our old foe, but last year's 60 to 8 win. The 25th of September 2020 is a date that will be uh, etched in Rabbitohs folklore. Renault kicked 10 goals that day, AJ scored five tries, and to beat the old foe by 60 to 8, it was just a fantastic night. And Thinking back at it, you know, Renault had that last kick to, to kick us into 60 points, which and he got it, and the green went up like he just won us the game with that kick, but just loving rubbing the uh, old foe's nose in it at 60 to 8 last year was fantastic, and dare say we might even get a chance to play them in the qualifier and hopefully do it all again. I'm not a massive fan of, of social media and probably each week as different atrocities happen on social media. I get less of a fan all the time. But one of my favourite moments in social media history was, I think it was Sydney Trains. They came out and they said, we've set a new timetable for next week. From now on, the trains that were known as 7 o'clock are now known as 60 to 8. <laughs> Thought it was that fantastic. So <laughs> it was fantastic. So that one, that one, uh, that gives a very good. That is a very good. And <laughs> beating the Alpha by sixty points—that's definitely one of the most satisfying victories I've been involved with. What about you, Elo? Tell us one of your most satisfying wins you've been involved with. You want to, what you're going to talk about? We've all got it. I want you to tell us about the 214 grand final from your point. You there? Yeah, I'm having some issues with my Zoom here. I missed all, all right. that. No, I just, I just said I, I'd like to, to go over to you because yep. I'm sure we've all got the 2014 grand final. I want you to give us your spin on it. Well, that was an amazing day. We've spoken about this before, but just the whole way that the day unfolded from my eyes. So we got out there nice and early, and I had the uh, the digital media team with me, a couple of guys that were working for me, and they, uh, they made their way out to the ground. And um, we got there really early and just soaked up the whole day. And then as the team arrived, we made our way down to the sheds, and we were trying to capture everything we could. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to get try and capture some stuff that no one else has got. So I waited at, at ANZ Stadium, as people would know, or Stadium Australia as it's known now. We have our own change rooms. And they're down the end of a long corridor. So you need to walk out of the sheds, down a long corridor, take a right-hand turn to come down the main tunnel. So I stood at that junction of where the corridor and the and the tunnel come along and the boys walked down and Sutto led them down the the NRL staff were there and they made Sutto wait and all the boys waited 
And I just thought, I'm going to pull my phone out here. So I pulled my phone out and I started recording on my phone. And all of the Channel 9 cameras and everything were everywhere and there was all sorts of chaos around the tunnel. But Sutto was just so calm. And he was the only one you could see because he was the only one in the doorway. And then as the, the ground manager and the NRL staff said, right, oh, come on, I just saw Sutto turn around. He said, let's go, boys. That's all he said. And he's turned right around the corner. And all the boys followed him out, and I just followed them down the tunnel with my phone. And you could just see, I've heard you talk before, um, Shannon, about the field opening up as you walk down the tunnel and you see all the crowd. And the sound that was coming down that tunnel was phenomenal. And the sound of the bell when Bob McCarthy was ringing the bell just got louder as you ran down the tunnel. And we knew what that bell was. Um and I'm sure a lot of people on TV were having it explained to them because they may not have known, especially if they weren't South fans, but we knew and the players knew. And as they made their way out the tunnel, it was just phenomenal. And so I got to the end of the tunnel after the team and I'm standing there and there's 83,000 people in the stadium and I thought, I haven't organised myself a seat. So I didn't know where I was going to watch it from. <laughs> so, I, so I've looked up and our player enclosure's there and that it was pretty full. Like there was a lot of people in it. But the seat right in the front row of the players enclosure on the very end of the aisle was free. No one had sat in it. And I said, righto, that's my seat. So I had all of the crowd behind me and I had Ello and the crew in front of me on the tunnel, on the, on the sideline. And then kickoff happened and the tackle on Sam or the, the headbutt on Sam happened and he shattered his his face, but no one knew. And it wasn't until Sam was sort of running around in the background, he was talking to Kurt Ridley and po- pointing at his face going, something's wrong. And we all sort of realised he'd been injured. And I remember thinking to myself, this is a John Sattler moment. This is history repeating itself. And interestingly, we now hear, and, and Ello, you would have been on the end of the the cans when the the words would have been coming down that the story goes that Madge was saying get out there to Sammy and just say John Sattler John Sattler John Sattler and it's just an amazing moment at the end of the game there was no one left sitting in the players enclosure everyone was on the sideline and jumping up and down and and loving life and when GI scored his try that was the moment that it was sealed the game was sealed and it was like a real mixture of elation and relief on that sideline. And then at full time, everyone else was celebrating, but that's when we click into work mode because I had to manage all the team photo with Cole Whelan and Cole managed to get Ello into the team photo up on the stage. And then you're organising all different interviews and stuff like that. And one of the ones that I, I remember the team photo was being taken, I felt a tap on the shoulder and I turned around and it was Yvonne Sampson. She was working for nine at the time. And all she said, she said, congratulations, you get Sam, I've got John Sattler over here. And I still get the chills when I think about that because I thought these two guys are going to be legends of not only our club but of our sport now for what they both put themselves through in a grand final and achieved that night was uh, was amazing. I just grabbed Sammy and I said, mate, I need you straight away. And, he's, and I th- I'm pretty sure he said to me, I want to be with the boys. And I said, I just need you for a couple of minutes. They've got John Sattler. And he said, yep, let's go. He just knew what that moment was. And it was it was just a phenomenal night. Being out there on the field when there was no one left in the stadium, we sung the song and just moments that I hope we all get to live again. It's it's It's... it's Interesting thinking ahead. I know we don't like to think ahead too far, but thinking that in two weeks' time we could be 
in another grand final and knowing that we won't be there for it is is a strange feeling but I don't think the elation of winning the comp will be any less even if we're watching it at home. Yes, that um, recollection and that recall is the best we've done 30 episodes and that was <laughs> a provocative um, recollection and I can feel and I can feel the hairs on my arms and there's a lot of them um, standing up and on my back and my shoulders. That was that was excellent. I could just envision all everything you just said and felt all the emotions that you would have been feeling. That was that was a great recount, Jez. That was excellent. No, it's, it's all from the heart, mate. It's no, that was awesome, Jez. As I say, parts of it, and, and you know, that, that's been the greatest moment for me ever in the club. But um, I'll t- I'll go on to the next one and. If you don't mind, I'm going to give two of them. Yeah, go uh, for it. The one go, just to show you that I have done some some homework. But yeah, like, Saturday night's game is one of the greatest moments that I've ever had at competition because you know nobody gave us a chance, and it was even you know I watched. And Von Santa came on the other night, and they they said, "Well, we just thought because there was no Latrell, there was no South Sydney." And you know, you you, you say that about South Sydney, there's no South Sydney. You, you you're going to struggle because we are still we've been the battlers of the game so far. The way our history and the way we fight, and we never stop fighting. And the other night, going into that match, as I said earlier, with knowing what had been happening in the team meetings, knowing how the training was, everyone writing us off. And going in there thinking, we're even money. We're not four to one. Truly, that was our mindset. We're, we can win this. We are even money. We're not four to one. And just the performance of the boys and the way they turned up for each other, um, I thought it was great at the end of the game. You saw Jaden Sewer bang his chest, and then Keon, him and Keon are very tight. Then they just hugged each other like it was just the, the scenes there were magnificent. But the actual effort and uh, the performance were second to none. And yeah, the best thing about it, we've discovered, I think our execution in a few areas outside of our defense can still improve. I really do. And the boys are aware of that. So that's something to look forward to. I call it the triumph of the will, because that's what it was. It was against all odds. And, you know, we go back through history with wars and that they say people couldn't win. And it was just, you know, the thing is with Wayne and this group, when they people tell them they can't do something, it just inspires them more than anything. And... I can parlay that into a game I played in myself in my first year in first grade in, in 1984 in, in a semi-final against Manly, a knockout Sunday semi-final. Um, and to give justice to that game, you've got to talk, talk about the week that led to it. Like we played, we had to win the Sunday previously, beat North Sydney Redfern Oval to get in a playoff on Tuesday night. We won the game against North Sydney. We won the playoff against 
against the, the Raiders on the Tuesday night at the cricket ground. So two games in three days, all right? And then we had to turn up on the Saturday, not the Sunday, change the turn up on the Saturday. Three games in six days, three to one on. They had all the Australian team coached by Bobby Fulton. It was just a matter, we were gonna turn up and we were gonna be the fodder. We'll just get through it. Um, you know, that's a game they've got to play manly to get to the next the next level, you know. And it started off with beyond 14 nil. And to be honest, I firmly believe it to this day, it took us a while to get started because everyone was still that sore and that from the week we'd had. Okay. We didn't train, we did we did two 20-minute captain's runs. We run back session we used to call them. We did one on the Monday, okay, before the Tuesday game. And we did then we did one on the um, on the Friday before the Saturday game. Anyway, so behind 14 nil took us a time to get moving. And then big Dean ramp the ball coming off our own line on tackle one. And he just got the shits and called Henry. And Henry and we punched the shit out of him. We really did. And it changed the game. It changed the game. And by half time, it was 14 all. So the threes on favourites were starting to say, this isn't the game we're supposed to be. And we just gained belief and belief. And the week we had just brought us together, you know, solidified us into, into a group of blokes. Weren't gonna, weren't gonna give in and weren't gonna give up. And anyway, we wanted to win that game 22-18. And it, as a player, it was probably one of the fondest memories of, of my career. And you know, fortunate enough, it was in my debut season, so I, I hadn't, you know, I think I'd played 13, 14 games, and that was to be thrown into that situation to be with a group of men that I was with. It was just, was just amazing, and it. It just, you know, you, when this segment came up, it just, they seemed to just match the two for me as, as, a, and in, in, as a manager. Wow, wow. Can, can, I, can I just say hello? You know, I spoke about Jez's piece being really evocative and really feeling all the emotions and what, you know, in our 30 episodes being the best description. Can I just say um, your description then was just, Nowhere near as good as Jez's. Not even, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> I loved it, Ella. <laughs> I'm only kidding. It was, it was fantastic. It was really good. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know the best thing. I tell you what. I tell, tell you the best thing we three guys, and not only us, but the club have got. Because this, we don't feel like it's what we do. We feel it's a vocation to this club, mm. you know, and that, that's why I think we can recount all these things so vividly mm. because they mean something to us. And I think, I think that's the big thing that we're getting across to the players that come to our club. Mm. This, is, this is no normal football club. This is the greatest football club in the history of rugby league, in my opinion. And, you know... You get a lot of people that agree with me, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, and that's, that's why I think we can talk about these things and be solid. And, and, and it, it's, we speak what we feel. 
Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, we're all passionate about what we do, and we all really enjoy it. And it's it's not a job; it is a vocation. Or in your case, hello, it's a vacation. But we um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all certainly love what we do. You're right. <laughs> Did you have any other nominations, Shannon? Uh, you know, I, I've mentioned it before, but you know, I was a very you know, I wasn't at the elite level at, at, at NRL level, but I scored in 1995. We're having a tough year and we were copying a little bit from the media and stuff like that. We had this big game against the Tigers. The, the, you know, the, the traditional clubs always have big rivalries and that's why whether we play Roosters or, or Manly in the qualifying final, it will be a game for the ages. But I remember going against the Tigers and we were having a tough year. We're copying it in the media and we're hanging on to a 1918. Lead. The Tigers were playing out of Parramatta Stadium for some reason. And I think I've mentioned before it was one of the rare games that my dad used to get out to. And and I scored the, you know, 1918 and that I scored the match winner with about two two minutes to go. And I, you know, for someone with a modest career like me, things like that didn't happen very often. And it was just something, you know, I felt really proud for myself. I felt you know, my dad was there. It was a great moment. But for the team as well, we'd been copying it all year. And, um, you know, it was a big game being against a traditional club and score that match winner. That was for me to do it, but not not being one of the stars of the side, it was just a really um, gratifying feeling, you know, because you, as as LA touched on, you know, the, the reserves, you know, you train just as hard when you're part of the extended squad. You train actually harder because you're not playing, you have to do the extra conditioning sessions and, and to actually be there to be part of the the big win and an instrumental part of the big win, that for me was gratifying as an individual, but also for our team after copying it all year. So that round nine game against the Tigers in 1995 was one I remember fondly, but I can't do as good a job as, you know, recalling it as, as LO just did or you did, Jez. But um, for me, it certainly uh, meant a lot. No, it's very good. Very good. I, I've got... One left on, on my list. It's back to 2005, and we played the Roosters at the SFS, and we beat them 17 points to 16, and it was the first time in 11 years that we'd beaten the Roosters. They'd been on a hot run, and um, it was the first time that, that in 11 years we'd beaten them. And, and interestingly, it was a Ben Walker field goal when, when Ben was playing with us that that beat them, and it's interesting now to be watching his son, Sam, kicking field goals, winning games for the opposition, albeit. But, uh, yeah, pretty pretty amazing to see his son now playing the, the same way and winning games with field goals the way that he did with us. Well, hopefully they're not not within field goal range of us, Jess, when we, if, they, if we play them in the qualifying finals. Yeah, no, I think we'll be, uh, I think we'll be okay, but... As you say, the confidence that the boys would have got out of last week's game, I think we're uh, we're getting more and more confident about that preliminary final next week. Any more nominations, gentlemen? I've got I've got one, Jez, and yep. I think you'll remember we we played the Tigers when John Lang was coaching. And funny thing, I, I saw John Lang. He's been we've been going and doing recovery and having a barbecue. Uh, after our games at the Carroll Surf Club. And John's, John's been down there. I've seen him most Saturdays. And I, I thank him. Him and Penny had me over for dinner the first week we were up here. And um, it was great to catch up with them again. But I remember you remember it, Jez. It was, we were playing the Tigers and we were just 
injury ravage. I think it might have been 2010. I can't remember the exact uh, the exact time and that, but Bill O'Farrell debuted. We we had 16 players left to pick from, and we picked Dylan Farrell out of our under 20s team to make his first grade debut. And we were just struggling. And um, I went down with Richo for the morning of the game. We told Lee we'd come down and, and meet him for breakfast. And it was, you know, it was just to try and get that togetherness there that, you know, it's going to be a tough day today, but we're going to stick together and we're going to do our best, you know. And if anyone could motivate a team, as you'd know, Shannon, to do that, it was, it was John Lang. And um, anyway, I went down and said, anyway, I got to the game and Benji was playing with the Tigers and they went out, they, you know, was it, they led by about 20 points and then we came back. Anyway, we got to them. Anyway, just, we got to, I think it was 30 all or something, a full time and we went to Golden Point. And Dylan Fowler had scored two tries in the game already. And then, um, you know, in Golden Point, just before the end, the great Reese Wesser, Made a, uh, made a break and made an angled run towards the northern end of... He was running in a northeasterly direction at ANZ Stadium and got across and got the ball to the great Sean who then passed the ball on to Dylan Farrell and he went and scored in the corner for one of the memorable South Sydney victories. And, you know, our memorable being when we were against all odds and it, this was a day, we were the same prices in these games. We were just, you know, in today's games, would have been $9 to win, truly, in that, that night. And and we got the biggies. And uh, do you remember the game? I do. I remember it very, very fondly. I, I, I often I chat about it with Reese in the office. So I remember when you made that bus, mate, Golden Point. Oh, do I want Jezzery tells me? <laughs> He'll recall it all. Shannon, Shannon, Shannon always remembers the Golden Point games too because he, he gets time to eat an extra hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Hello, uh, can I just yeah, can I just say there's been a bit of a common theme that you've been speaking about, and this is in serious for for a moment. You spoke about that great win against Manly that you were part of the third game in a, in a week, and and um, you know that game there against the Tigers and against the Panthers on the weekend, and and that's the fact that we're underdogs and nobody give us a chance. I've I've got a theory that actually we're one of the best underdogs ever. I think that's when we're at our absolute best as a club. It's in our DNA that we're fighters, and when no one gives us a chance, and I include. You know, News Corp and and those guys. When people think we're down and out, that's when we're at our best and most dangerous. What are your thoughts on that, Ella? I, I agree, Shannon. And um, you know, it's it's when we are at our best, but it's, it's been our history. Our history, like um, Redfern, was a working class area. You know, and and people, we've we've got a, a multicultural history too. Of people people coming out from different countries. You know, Greece, Italy. You know, you name it. And, you know, people coming and starting in, in Redfern and just building, just working class, hardworking people, but with strong values, okay? And, and that's that's what our club's been built on. Then we got kicked out of the competition, okay? We had to fight to get back in there, you know? And they were happy. They were happy just to let us go. Um, 
and just let us be out of the comp and no more South Sydney. The most decorated sporting, you know, organisation in Australia. And they were happy to let us go, but we fought our way back in there. But I think the great Vince Sorrenti sums it up best of all when he talks about the Roosters versus the Rabbitohs rivalry. He calls the Roosters the landlords and the Rabbitohs the tenants. And I think, I think that sums it up. And, uh, we're, we're, we're turning the screws on that analogy, though, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I really enjoyed that, going through those games and the emotion of those yeah. games, and that's what sport does. It, it brings up emotions and brings people together, and that's what makes wins like those ones we talked about so satisfying. So that, that was a good uh, walk down memory lane there. You know, you know what, Jez? This rubs on on this group of men that are here in the club now. Talk about these, these men. They're young men. Some of them only young men from being boys, but they know what this club's about, mate, because mm. our people live it and how much it means to them. Mm. And they're part of it. They're part of it. And you, you can't swap that. You can't swap what, what our the history of our club is. You can't swap the way, you know, the, that we tell it and we, we talk passionately about it. Mm. You know, I'm not involved in other clubs. I don't know how they, they um, you know, talk about it. I don't think they do it like we do, you know. Um, and it's because they can't, they don't have it. They don't have it. And it's important that, you know, about these stories and, and the players hear them. You know, we, we've had over, over, over the last decade, we've had Bobby McCarthy come in, Ron Coote come in to talk, Mike Cleary, uh, Les Davis and Mario Fennick, Craig Coleman, you know, just a few of the guys would come in and, and talk to these players. We've had Mike Whitney come in and talk to the players. And that was a memorable moment in our 2014 season. And it's great. I think we've got him on our show next week, Jets. Yeah, I'm so excited about that, Ella. You've knocked that one out of the park. It's, I'm looking forward to that chat with Wits. Yeah, Hello. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, and if you're happy to share about, you know, the old boys and their connection, and when 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 Trill got suspended and he was obviously really disappointed about missing the finals, the fact they all rallied and signed a petition and a letter of, of support, but just for Trill, for him personally, I'm I'm sure he won't mind me um, sharing that. But they were they were adamant that they they wanted him to know that they all stood with him All the old boys committee had this letter sent off to a personal letter to Trell. And I won't say what was in it, but the, the long and short of it was that we stand with you, Trell, and, um, you know, we're with you and you're a Rabbitohs brother for life. Like, that was a really powerful thing for me. It was, and it was incredibly well received, Shannon, and a really tough moment for Latrell. But I know Latrell's got the sense that we've all got his back, Okay. Everyone in this club, everyone that plays, we've got we've got the boys backs. Mm. And and Latrell obviously come here with it with the you know the, the media, the way they, they've attacked him and things like that over you know over the last 12 months, 18 months, whatever it's been. Um, you know we we we've got his back because he's got our back too, mate. He's bought he's bought into our club, he's bought into what we stand for. Uh, you know, 
our cultural difference to many clubs. Um, and, you know, he just, he knows, he knows that he's part of us, mate. And that's, that's the best thing I can say. And he knows from what that letter is that the history of our club have got his back to those past players. I mean, there's, there's 60, 70 years of past players in those, in that, in that spa organization. Uh, and to get that letter, I know it means a lot to him. He told me that. Well, I can say, you know, given the adversity of this year that the teams faced and having to be away from their from their homes and and from their extended families up there in Queensland, if and when we win it this year, hello, this 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 year's premiership, with all the challenges that the team and the clubs had and and the wider communities had here in Sydney and still still in Lockdown, this one will go down in folklore as well. We'll be telling telling we'll be talking about this year's premiership for for a long time to come. So. I'm ready to run out now, Jez. I wish I had my boots with me. I'm <laughs> getting a bit emotional. Let's get, let's get back to bagging each other, please. <laughs> i tell you what, the other thing on that, Shannon, everyone up here appreciates what's happening down in Sydney. And what we appreciate, we're, we're lucky up here. Um, but we also appreciate how important our representation is of, of all our people. All our members, all our supporters, all our fans, and and Sydney, you know, like um, let's face it, there's a big chance that Melbourne will be in the grand final, and from our side of the draw, there is going to be a Sydney team in it. Mm. If Melbourne make it, we'll be representing Sydney and New South Wales. Yeah, and if we make it, the best thing about that is we're representing Sydney and New South Wales. And the whole of Queensland will be behind us as well because of the great man that's coaching us. Yeah. Bring it on. Bloody Bring oath. <laughs> I'm ready to go. What a shame we've got to go to a break with our elevator music. <laughs> Here it is. Now, as we've just spoken about, there's so much action coming up over the next few weeks throughout the NRL final series. There's no better way to keep up to date with everything South Sydney by following along on the club's official digital channels. It's a one-stop shop at rabbitos.com.au, the club's official website. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash South Sydney or the official Instagram and Twitter accounts that use the handle at SSFC Rabbitos. You can also check us out on YouTube by searching for South Sydney Rabbitohs on youtube.com and don't forget to encourage your family and friends to subscribe to the Rabbitohs podcast network by searching for it on your favourite podcast apps or watching the video on rabbitohs.com.au and I believe there's going to be some great digital content coming up through the Rabbitohs website and YouTube account and all sorts of different digital channels with our tales of reinstatement that are coming up 20 years after the reinstatement of the club back in 2001. And the digital team at the Rabbitohs have done a fantastic job on a 15-part series that's coming out with some amazing interviews and some key players and people on the peripheral that people may not know about but have got great stories about that time of uh, of the fight back and, and reinstatement. And I'm, we saw a sneak peek with some of our Platinum and Diamond members a, a couple of weeks ago and I'm really looking forward to sitting back and enjoying all 15 parts over the next few months. 
Yeah, you spoke about our history, Jez, and, you know, th this is probably the most crucial uh, point in our club's history was fighting for our survival. And some of the footage in there, as you said, is amazing. Some of the interviews, some of the never seen behind the scenes uh, footage that we're lucky enough to secure from John Chad. It is, it is evocative storytelling and it's best. It's something that's going to be a legacy for our club, for our history in perpetuity forever, because it's such an important part. And now we have that story digitized on record and it is amazing story. You know, at times, you know, we talk about our club being at its best when, you know, we're the underdogs and, and we've got our backs to the wall. Well, we were ultimately on death's door there. We had our backs to the wall. But our people rallied and we tell that story. We took on the biggest company in the world and we fought back and we are where we are today, we all know. But that story really needs to be told and it's been done justice with the way it's told through Tales of Reinstatement. fantastic. It will be uh, something amazing that I'm sure all Rabbitohs members and supporters will really enjoy. Yeah, I, as I mentioned, some of the people on the periphery, like they talk to all the key people, the Ray Martins, the Andrew Dentons, the Mike Whitney's, the Deirdre Grusevans, the Steve McDermott's, everyone that was really tied in, uh, Nick Pappas, everyone that was really tied into the, the fight back and, and the battle. But one of my favourite stories is that he's a good mate of mine, Justin Lewis. He's also known as Max 22. And he uh, he used to be uh, a singer. He had some uh, some top 20 hits and... Um, he was asked to sing on the on the steps of, of Town Hall and here's this guy that went from sitting watching video hits on his couch to a couple of months later singing in front of 80,000 people on the steps of the Town Hall and, and him describing that journey and everything that went through him at that time it's it's a great story so i'm i'm looking forward to people hearing some of those stories as well through tales of of reinstatement so make sure you jump on the rabbitohs digital channels and keep an eye out for all the great content footy and non-footy as we head into these big games at the end of the year Now, our trivia question from last week, we've spoken a lot today about the 2014 Grand Final and a lot of our trivia questions have come from that game because it's so uh, vivid in everyone's mind. But Apisai Coruscant, who played against us last week with the Panthers, he was parachuted into the team to replace Isaac Luke, who was suspended for that Grand Final. It was just heart-wrenching, that whole moment, but it was great to have Appy stand up and perform like he did on Grand Final Day. But what jersey number did he wear in that game? Let's see if you've done your homework. Hello, did you want to have a crack? Or can I, I might start if that's all right, and I haven't Googled for a change. Yep. I've absolutely tried to rely on memory and and intuition, and seeing as we're going for our 21st premiership, I thought maybe 21 might be a nice home and jersey for the for the club and the and the coaching staff to give up. Was it was it 21 jersey? Oh, let's ask Ello his thoughts. Yes, it was number 21 jersey. It was and number 21. I tell, I tell you what happened. You you have to name a 21 squad right before the game, and Isaac had to go on Tuesday night to the judiciary. So we left him in the number nine jersey uh, and we put Appy in number 21. It was was ironic. We didn't think about that at the ball. Well, I certainly didn't. And it was just the irony of it all. Um, I'll tell you the other irony. Tane Millwall, 22, as a backup player, 
on Saturday night in the warm-up. Mm. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. well, LA, can, can we send uh, in the qualifying final, can we send all the players out in number 22, please? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't the commentators love that? My mate Anthony Maroon, he bags me enough as it is, he'd be, he'd be right into me. Uh, <laughs> very good. Righto, next week's trivia question. We're going to turn to the great man, Wayne Bennett. Now, he has coached, listen to this number, he has coached 1,127 games at the elite level of the game so far between the Brisbane Rugby League, the New South Wales Rugby League, Australian Rugby League, Super League, NRL, and also in rep football. Over 1,100 games of football. Now, I'm going to test your maths. You don't have to get it exactly right, but what is his winning percentage throughout those 1,127 games? So we'll go through that next week. But what a phenomenal career. What a phenomenal dedication to the sport of rugby league. And, and that forgets his playing career where he represented Australia and also his coaching career before that with the police force up in Queensland and in Ipswich and, and that sort of stuff as well. It's just an amazing dedication of the game. It is. And, you know, that, that experience, I, I think, has come, come to the fore. I saw it on the weekend. Like there were a lot of people losing their heads after we lost so badly in Dubbo. And then even three weeks ago, you know, about blaming referee or drop balls or this or that. Wayne never loses his head. And he said, look, all along, he said, you know, the, the regular premiership season rounds one to 25, he's just getting ready for the big dance for the finals. He never, he never panicked when we got flogged in Dubbo. He never panicked three weeks ago. Ivan Cleary panicked, other people panicked, some of our members and sponsors. I must admit, I got a bit nervous. Wayne didn't. And that calmness and belief, I'm sure, rubs off on the players. Players are instinctive animals. And, you know, that experience of 1,127 coaching those games, I'm sure, held us in good stead and held our team in good stead. And a big part of the reason, I'm sure, why we beat the Panthers. Would you Would you agree with that, Ella? I do, mate. He's... Um... He's unflappable. Um, well, you see him in press conferences. But people, I don't, well, to be fair, people realise being in a press conference is not, is not easy to do. Obviously, it gets easier the more you do them. But he's unflappable there. Um, in the coaching box, you hardly ever see him, um, you know, talking much or show any emotion. I think it's outside of rugby league. You know, what he's achieved as well. I mean, you know, he's, he's got uh, young Justin who has been a struggle, you know, with, with his disability throughout his life. But, you know, that to, to cope with that, with everything he's done in the football world as well, it just, just shows the mark of the man, really, for me. Like, um, even now, I know when he gets his days off, he's straight back to see Justin back in the... You know, in Brisbane to, to check up. He rings him after the game, before the game. And, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me telling you that, but, uh, you know, um, just a remarkable man. Um, and um, just a, a tremendous ability to just let people be who they are and be the best of what they can do in those areas. And that's that's a great – that's probably one of his best attributes that 
he's a he's a he's a friend to people as well as being a mentor mm. and a coach. And his man, man management skills are second to none. Um, yeah, we've just been very fortunate to have him at our club for the last three years, and uh, you know we've. we've it's still uh, part of the mountain left to climb. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, this top top four podcast is turning to Dr. Phil episode. This <laughs> is getting so deep and so emotional. Turn it up. Well, to mix it up a bit, we've got the, we've got the uh, trivia question about, um, you know, Wayne and his winning percentages. But you mentioned, Ello, that you've been catching up with John Lang and, you know, Carroll Surf Club and whatnot. I reckon... Trivia question, you're 100% certain to get right is, what's the difference in the price of a schooner at Karawa Surf Club as opposed to the price of a schooner at the Broad Beach Hotel? Hello, you'd know that one for sure, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, Shannon, Shannon, you'll be surprised I don't because under the NRL protocols, I'm not allowed to visit either. So oh, there okay. you go. There you go. <laughs> either that or he hasn't bought a beer at either yet for anyone. <laughs> is it? There's a few golf clubs I know the prices, though. <laughs> you must have a big brother up there on the Gold Coast. Part of the part of the regulations are if you have a game of golf, you're allowed to go to the club there so for, for a beer. So. Fair enough. Play, playing golf four times a week. <laughs> <laughs> he goes out in the putting green for about 30 seconds and straight into the, straight into the golf. <laughs> Getting half our lessons before I go to the clubhouse. <laughs> right, that's not right. golf either. That's, <laughs> that's consumption. <laughs> uh, very good. Right, eight. Let's move on to our next break. Now, if you're looking for your next epic holiday, maybe a long weekend with your mates or you need to get to the next game or even a game of golf with Ello somewhere up on the Gold Coast, then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash rabbitohs and use the promo code rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply with that offer, but go to whatif.com slash rabbitohs. Use that promo code RABBITOS15 and you can save 15% on select hotels. And we've spoken about it before, the role that What If played in helping uh, the club find the accommodation for the team up there on the Gold Coast. And I don't think it could have worked out any better, could it, Ello? No, it's, it's the Q1 apartments here, service departments we're staying at are just fantastic. We're in the, the prime location, we're just near the... Near, near the beach here in surface. The boys can go and have a swim. They go down. Their recoveries after training. Uh, obviously, it's not a holiday mode we're in up here, but um, having it nice, being away from home, uh, particularly the people that haven't got their families up here, it's helped, it's helped enormously. Um, and, you know, thanks to the people at the club and, and, and Brock and Shannon and the, the What If team for getting involved and, and and looking after us because it's, to be honest, it's been a massive part of our performances. Um, that we come here by being in service departments as opposed to a hotel, for instance, we feel like we're at home. Mm. We can separate from football every day. When we have a day off, we're not all together. 
you know, we're, we're on different floors, different different units, etc. So it's it's just been outstanding, you know, what what they've done for us. And can I, well said, Ella. And can I just say, you know, Daniel Finch and his team, what if do go above and beyond? There's obviously the financial contribution they make as sponsors that makes makes the whole club tick over and as part of our lifeblood financially to keep us going and strong and well resourced, but um, also into our pathways, but also um, his emotional commitment to our club. He sent me a beautiful photo of his son, Presley's lovely wife. They're, they're all in the Rabbitohs jersey watching the game. This is the managing director of What If Oceania. Like they're a, they're a multinational company and he, he's as invested into the Rabbitohs as anyone emotionally, as much as our members and players' family, really right into it. And he texts me after the game, and I might embarrass him a little bit here, but he was saying all nice words and how great it's been to be involved with the club. And then after we won, we're texting through the game. He texts, I love you. And I've never, ever had that from a sponsor. And I think he just loves what being involved in his club has given him and his family, you know, I could see there was a photo of his son Presley, you know, jumping five foot high in the air. And I, I just think they're so appreciative to be involved in the Rabbitohs family and the journey that we're going on at the moment. And and I'm sure the boys will continue to make all of us proud. But I just think what if for helping make a lot of that possible. Can you send that photo to Willow? We need to sign that young man up. If he can <laughs> jump five foot in the air, we need him on the wing under the high ball. Yeah, well, Presley, Presley um, actually is a good athlete. I've, I've seen him, and he's grown about two foot taller since the last time I saw him in person too, so he might be a, a good future signing for the Rabbitohs. Nice. Let's get it happening. <laughs> well, as we said, jump onto whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use that code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on your accommodation at select hotels. It is time for our joke of the week. And, Ello, I think it's your turn this week. I think it is, Jess. It's pretty short, the joke today, but it's a true story. Another true it's story. story. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, some amazing things happen to you and I. <laughs> what, what, no, it didn't happen to me, Shannon. I'm just uh, I'm going to tell a little tale about you. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Gabby, Gabby, tell me what happened. It's not actually a joke. It's a true story. It's very funny. Oh, dear. She rang me the other day. She said, well, what about Shannon the other day, Ella? He got the T-shirt out of his wardrobe and put it on. He said, oh, Gabby. He said, the dryer's shrinking my T-shirts. She said, it's not the dryer, Shannon. It's the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very good. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got like a bag, but then I thought, well, I might as well bag Shannon instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've been too nice to each other on this one. I changed it from Rayleigh. <laughs> <laughs> Our intro music needs to be romantic uh, violin music. Yes, today's episode has been very it has. So emotional. I actually just want to do a bit of a wel- welfare check on, on Ello. He's... <laughs> He's, he's lost his close mate this week in Brock Schaefer. Brock's wife and his uh, daughter and, and son have joined the 
the hub up there, up at uh, up at the Gold Coast. So Elo doesn't have his right hand man with him all the time anymore. But I believe you've you've picked up another straggler up there, Elo. Yeah, so I must. Yeah, Sadi has stolen Brock away from me, and uh, but I picked up another straggler, um, Blake Solly, who's uh, come on board. He's, he's joined us, the club CEO. Uh, it was funny. We we got the trainer yesterday, and Cookie came up and said, "Hello, I've noticed since Blake's got here, you're looking a bit more busy." <laughs> Hopefully, oh, hopefully his good habits can rub off you. Blake's one up early for an ocean swim and a, and a bit of a walk, so hopefully he's good yeah, habits. Right. We was coming in the bus from the uh, the hotel, and um, uh, I was I got here about seven o'clock, and on the way down, I hadn't eaten dinner, and I thought he's been locked up for two weeks. So I texted him. I said, "Mate, do you want to go and have a, a, a feed when you get here?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah." Of course I will," he said in um, in uh, more colloquial terms. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, we went out and had a meal together, and um, no, no it was, it's good to see him up here. And I just want to give a, a shout out to my lovely wife, Railing, back in Sydney. It's her birthday today. Um, she's thirty-eight, so um, I just wish her all the best. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike your belt size, she's 38. <laughs> and I, um, I hope she hears this because I'm not sure she's talking to me. So that's all right. Happy birthday, Raylene. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ray. Uh, you've got all of our best wishes and condolences all in one. So. I was going to say, she's been getting a birthday present the last two months with LO away. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's a beautiful woman, Ray, uh, inside and out. She's a gorgeous woman and dead set must be up for the Mother Teresa Award being married to married to Ello. Uh, whilst we're giving happy birthdays, I also want to give a happy birthday to a guy who works behind the scenes at the club but um, is no less passionate than any of us and, and a lot of people would know his work but wouldn't know it's coming from him and that's Lucky Mitchell. It was Lucky's birthday yesterday, Jez. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Lucky does the, the audio for us, all the sounds, things that you hear on match day. They come from Lucky up in the production box at Stadium Australia and, and there are other venues when we play uh, when we play away. And Lockie part of Lut- Was that part of Luttrell's third party getting him a job with us? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they are related, but he's a, he's a great guy and he's an avid listener of this show every Every just about every episode after it goes live, he sends me a couple of comments. Said, I love this joke, I love that joke. None of them are ever yours, Ellos. They're all mine that he loves. <laughs> but, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy, Lucky Mitchell, and just want to wish him a happy birthday, too. I know he'll be listening. You are right there, Shannon. I sent him a text yesterday wishing him a happy birthday, and he said, I'm loving listening to the show. I still can't get over Shannon's Cameron Murray joke from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's another reason I like him. He laughs at my jokes. He's uh, the one. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing about the camera Murray joke, I, I don't reckon Shannon could remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly couldn't when I tried to retell it to a couple of people. Uh, no, that was a really tough one to tell. It was good. I've, I've had to ben practice. Ben Robinson might be able to I've had to practice that one and Billy Bloggs a couple of times. I've stolen both of your jokes. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Oh, Billy, <laughs> Billy Vlogs, Billy Vlogs got a run um, on Sunday night actually at about half past eight, followed by <laughs> preceded by the uh, stuttering Bible salesman. <laughs> Yes. You know what? There's going to be no no year two of the top four because we've run out of Jay Show and I. Like this. <laughs> I'm going to buy you both a joke book for Christmas. Oh, please. Oh, <laughs> right, let's head to a break. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And it was great having Reno and uh, Joshy Mansour on this morning. Thanks for organising that. Hello, two of the great blokes of the club. They both got great senses of humour. And it was great having them on, seeing them poke fun at each other. And you could see that Reno probably came out with the points over Saucy, I'd say. <laughs> Poor old Saucy. He's been copying it from, from Reno for about, what, 12, 13 years now? <laughs> It's, un- it's unusual for Reno to come out on top in a bagging contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. So uh, great to have them on. And as you mentioned, Mike Whitney is coming up here on the Top 4 podcast. So we're looking forward to having a chat with him about all things South Sydney and, and his career. And I want to ask him about the Tui's ad and all that sort of stuff as well. It's uh, going to be great to, to chat to him. So if you want to contact us and if you've got any questions for Mike or any suggestions for topics make sure you jump on rabbitos.com.au slash podcasts and leave us a comment on there or jump onto twitter using at ssfc rabbitos you can send us some topic suggestions there please write us a review and give us a five star rating and hit that subscribe button on your podcast apps it helps us with the search engines on the uh, on the podcast apps there's also plenty of other podcasts on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. We've got our regular media conferences, including Wayne's. We're getting down to the final few of Wayne's pre-game, uh, pre-game media conferences, so we need to enjoy them all as they're, they're drying up in the next few weeks. We've got the audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider and the, the great team at Rabbitohs Radio with Chaps, Mavo and Brownie. They've, they've got a segment on their their show called Remembering a Rabbitoh and last week they, they paid tribute to George Piggins and it was a fantastic tribute and uh, it's always great to listen to to the boys on there. So make sure you jump on to the Rabbitohs Podna- Podcast Network and listen to Rabbitohs Radio with Chaps, Mavo and Brownie. And as usual, the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast is powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by What If. And gentlemen, thank you for your time this morning. It's been a very enjoyable show. Pleasure, Jez. And yeah, great to catch up with you again. I enjoy it every week. It was nice having uh, Reno and um, Mansour on the show with us. Shadow, not so much. But, um, <laughs> uh, good it's always good to have a chat. I know we have a lot of banter, but uh, yeah, all our hearts are in the right place for this club, and we're getting to the, the pointy end of the season. We're in a bloody good spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said, hello. And, mate, you know, whilst we might be a 1,000 kilometres apart, obviously all of the staff are up, you know, our hearts are with you guys up there, as are all the members and all the sponsors and all the supporters. You know, we're with you. The the support down here is amazing. I've yeah, walking around the, the LGA, there's Rabbitohs flags everywhere. I mean, the council literally put them up on street poles and banners, so you guys know. Um, you know, the cars, there's, there's, there's flags everywhere. So um, there's a there's a huge amount of support for the for the team down here, and, and all our hearts are with you guys. And and uh, God willing, you're going to come home with that 22nd premiership. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, mate. Well, we're putting ourselves in a good position to be able to do it. Um, the old cliche, and we've got to focus on this week, Chad, and you know it, and we, we will do that. And then, then we'll climb the next step after that to the top. I was just thinking, I'm very fortunate to be living in Bayside Council, which encompasses Sydney Airport. So I can be there to give Elo a big hug when he gets back. I'll jump in before Ray. Hey, a big shout out. Know, hey. You won't have to try hard, Jess. <laughs> uh, I just want to give Bayside Council a wrap. I heard from there, one of their councillors, Bill Saranowski, about the Rabbitohs flags in, in the, the, the Botany Ward, the, the most eastern ward of Bayside Council. And Randwick Council have been fantastic too. Um, they've had Rabbitohs flags all over the LGA. So our local councils uh, and, you know, we're particularly our community work sponsored by a number of state bodies. Uh, I just want to thank all those government bodies for supporting the community and allowing them to showcase their support of the Rabbitohs as well. Absolutely. it's uh... make sure we've got them. Sorry, can we make sure we've got them down at Clovelly Beach too, Shannon? <laughs> It's, it's, it's funny, I've been having those discussions with um, Denny Sayads, the mayor, and he's a, he's a great Rabbitohs man, and uh, I've been having those discussions about where the border is, and they believe Clovelly Road's the border, and that some of the flagpoles are right in the middle, and I said, I've just measured them, they're about two inches south of the middle of, uh, of Clovelly Road, so they should all, they should all have Rabbitohs banners up, so hopefully I can get him to agree to that as well. That was one of the highlights. Sorry, you if go. he wants to get voted in again, he want to do it. <laughs> well, let me just say, I'm, we're, we're apolitical here at the Rabbitohs, but Denny, Denny Sayed is a great Rabbitohs man. Yeah, that was one of the great memories of 2014 Grand Final Week, your recovery down at Clavelli and all those Rabbitohs flags flying proudly on the poles. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. Indeed. Very good. Righto, gentlemen, thank you again for your time this morning. As we said, the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, it's powered by Audio Technica. It's proudly presented by What If, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbitohs.